You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. News, news, newsy, newsy, newsy news, and some more news for your day. If I just sat here and read off a list of everything that happened yesterday, that would probably take us 45 minutes. (laughs) So much going on. With that said, I took um, a lot of notes about things that happened, and I do want to go through what those things were. But what I didn't do is organize them because I just, you know, I just don't want to. It's just just so much. And I don't want to do have to do my job twice. So I guess we're going to go in kind of chronological order as much as it would be nice to say, let's do, uh, you know, NFL news, NFC North news, and then Packers news. But also, I mean, there really wasn't very much Packers news anyways. So we could even start with that. Devin Funches has taken a bit of a pay cut. So that's cool. Packers mentioned how they Reached out to a lot of guys about restructuring. Technically, this is restructuring. It's about as much restructuring as you can do on a uh, one-year contract. There's only two kinds of restructuring that I'm aware of. Pay cut and extension. Maybe pay raise, I guess. I don't know. That ever happened? I know they gave Thielen a pay raise, but I thought thought that was like in the form of a new contract. Just like he got one year left and he's like, I'm not playing. All right, here's another couple. I don't think that's happened. I'm going to say no. Don't care enough to figure it out either. Not that interesting. But why don't we go ahead and just start kicking this off, and as things become interesting, we'll talk about them. First of all, there were a billion, roughly a billion franchise tags placed. Now remember, as I've said, the Packers are, they have not done this very often. I couldn't remember the last time they did it. Fortunately, Tom Silverstein dropped something that uh, gave us something to think about, which kind of answered that question for me. But I wasn't really expecting them to do it, but that doesn't mean a lot of people didn't. Chris Godwin was tagged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a wide receiver that was expected to hit, well, I shouldn't say expected, but it was, um, he was on my radar as a possible free agent that the Packers could uh, target. And look, whenever a team does this, I've always said, I, I don't think it's a great tool. It might be the best available option, and that, so it doesn't mean it's always the wrong thing to do, but it's, it's kind of a painful thing to do. I can't think of too many times in which it's, you know, a great option especially for the player, which is kind of, as I talked about before, one of the biggest reasons why it's not a great option. I don't think players really ever want to be tagged. I know Adrian Amos had gone on Twitter and said something to the effect of, we need to just do away with the franchise tag. Maybe just have something like a transition tag in which you tag a player, but teams can still make an offer up and above that tag. So say you've got a, uh, again, I, I don't know what the running back tag is. According to the one resource I have, it's $11 million, but the transition tag is $8 million. So let's say we put a transition tag of $8 million on Aaron Jones. If a team like the Miami Dolphins came along and said, we want to give him 
12 million. You know, there, there's a competition. A bunch of teams are, are competing for Aaron Jones or making offers. The Packers have then essentially write a first refusal. So we are saying we could put an $8 million tag on you. There's a bidding war. Miami comes out on top, $12 million for Aaron Jones. The Packers then have the opportunity to say, we'll take him for $12 million. We have to pay him whatever, what somebody else offered, but then we get to retain him as long as we meet the offer that somebody else made. And I think that makes sense. Obviously, that is a massive loss in power for NFL teams, which is, you know, why it's not really worth even talking about because you'd have to negotiate that, and the players didn't. So there you go. Because, again, I mean, the, the difference in the two is, in one case, I get to drop this atomic bomb, and I get to keep you regardless of what you think. And the other option, you're probably just gone, right? I mean, what are the odds that I'm going to be the top bidder? Not very good. That's why I'm using the tag especially if I'm using a transition tag, which is a much lower number. It's probably why the transition tag never gets used. What's the point? It doesn't work. So anyways, Chris Godwin's going to suck up $15.8 million for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which in and of itself makes me happy because if they lose $16 million, that just, you know, makes me happy. I want them to lose money. I want them to fail. I'd rather them failing by losing talent, but uh, whatever. Jets kept Marcus May. I think we already talked about that. The t- uh, Carolina Panthers tagged Taylor Moten. Says he's expected to make $13.6 million. I don't... Oh, that's right, because it's just offensive line. Why don't more tackles get tagged? That's crazy to me. And why is it so much... I'm... This is... I don't get this, man. Taylor Moten tackle is expected to make $13.6 million. Oh, it's because it's the second tag. That's why Brandon Scherf is 18. All right, we're still good. We're still good. Uh, Allen Robinson did get tagged. This one, I think, is the most interesting. I had a... Uh, conversation with Mr. Foz Sports, a uh, Chicago Bears YouTuber that is a part of Fan to Fan Network. He said about 30 minutes before Robinson got tagged that he really believes that there's no way the Bears are letting him go. And I kind of flippantly was like, yeah, that's what I thought about Galladay, but I mean, come on, they're not keeping the guy. And he said, yeah, but the difference is they're in a full rebuild. And my first gut reaction was, this is a Bears fan who doesn't realize that it's time to start rebuilding because you're in a mess. But before I said that, I, I caught myself because I realized that's not the question. The question isn't, do they need to rebuild? The question is, are they rebuilding? The Detroit Lions let Galladay walk, or, or seemingly are going to let Galladay walk. That's crazy, but in line with what they're doing, which is a complete teardown and rebuild. I, you know, He's a guy you can rebuild around, but if you're going to do something like that, this is the instance in which you do it. The Bears are not rebuilding. They made that very clear when they brought back Pace and Nagy. You don't re- bring these guys back so that they get a second brand new shot at it. That's not the point. It's stay the course. If you want to tear down and rebuild, you do it with somebody else. So they're going to try to stay the course. And so it makes, a, as soon as he said that, it kind of clicked like, yeah, that, that does make sense. Now it's, it's still going to be a nightmare because Allen Robinson clearly does not want to be there. And he said as much. Apparently Allen Robinson told Tyler Dunn, that a tag might force him to go in the Diggs-Watson route. In other words, to say, I'm not playing for you, trade me. And, and to be honest, this could be part of the plan. I mean, a tag and trade is an option because you get compensation. He's refusing to play. All right, we're going to slap a tag on you. Now you're not going anywhere, right? Well, I refuse to play. All right, well, I guess we're going to have to trade you. Oh, shucks. Who wants to give me a whatever for him? And remember, it's the value that you're getting minus the contract that he has, but not really, because it's a one-year tag, and that team is going to 
basically write a whole new contract. And it's going to have above and beyond what the tag is. So it's basically like an extension. So it's, it's kind of going to just absorb the tag, if that makes sense. So it's, it's not really much of a hit at all. They're not going to end up paying more than they already anticipated paying because, again, it's going to be a multi-year contract. So we'll, we'll see. I don't, I, you know, it does make sense to me that the Bears actually do want to hang on to him. They really want to keep the guy. They're trying to keep going. They want to stay the course, which also just massively pushes me in the direction of they have to get a quarterback. I, I just said like yesterday or two days ago, Vike, the Viking tackle is just basically just lock it in. It's a tackle as far as the first round of the draft. But you understand why they're pushing so hard for guys like Russell Wilson, for guys like Deshaun Watson. I don't know if any of them are coming, but they, they just they they have to have a quarterback. They got to find one somewhere. I don't know where he's going to come from. Dak is no longer an option, although I don't know that he ever really was. You got two other guys. I don't know if any of them really want to come there, but that's just wild to me. So we'll see. We, we have not heard from Allen Robinson yet, but we know he doesn't want to be there. He's made it clear he doesn't want to be there. So, I mean, even if they do decide to keep him, which stinks from the standpoint of they retain a good football player, it's good because it's just a toxic locker room. It's funny because there, there was another report. Uh, who is that? Kyle Long. Kyle Long mentioned he might be coming back to the NFL, and I saw somebody, another Bears guy, maybe it was the same guy, I don't know, saying something to the effect of, it's great that he's coming back. We don't know for sure if he's coming back to the Bears. I specifically remember him saying he would never come back to the Bears. There was something on Twitter, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to the effect of, somebody asked him, would you consider coming back? And he said something along the lines of, if a team other than the Bears... Uh, made an offer, I would consider it. Something to that effect. Like, he just said, I'm not coming back to the Bears, but I might come back to the NFL. And he's coming back to the NFL. Guess what? He's not going back to the Bears because he hates it there. The Packers are a very fortunate organization because two of the four teams in their division are so unbelievably dysfunctional. And the Bears are dysfunctional in a way I don't know if I've ever seen it like this. I've seen worse Bears teams. I don't know if I've ever seen it this bad in terms of just looking at it going, what are you doing? You know, I mean, it's one thing to be bad when you've got some good players, but you just can't quite figure it out. You don't have a great coach. You don't have a quarterback, all this stuff. But this level of dysfunction where your GM is just doing weird stuff, the owner, I mean, it's, it's teardown time. I mean, and, and when you have guys saying, I'm not playing for the Bears, I'll, I'll go anywhere, but not the Bears. That's not good, dude. That's toxic. And if you had any backbone or any confidence in what you do, you're going to let him walk. In fact, you would force a guy like that out. If this is my team, if this is my organization, and a player piped up and said, I'm not playing here, guess what? You're right. You're not playing here. Get out. You can't have it. And you got to have the backbone to, to, to say that we're going to move on and find somebody that wants to be here. To have a guy say, I'm not playing for the Bears, and then you force him to stay, you're poisoning your own locker room. Anyways, uh, Taylor Moten, Cam Robinson, Brandon Scherf, the guard getting his second tag. That's $18 million for a guard, which is insane. The Denver Broncos are tagging Justin Simmons. Pretty, uh, He's a good safety. I don't know if a tag is the greatest option, but it's only $13 million, and they're probably in talks of getting an extension, which is what some of these may be. It's, it's, it's an extension toward working toward an extension. The problem is, and this is, this is the same thing that happened with Scherf. This is the same thing that's happened with a lot of guys. It's risky because if you can't come to that agreement, he's just sitting on the tag. Like, all right, man, we put a tag on you because we want to keep working on this extension. Like, cool, don't want to do it. Well, let's talk about it. No, we're thinking $17 million. Great, I'm thinking 22 How are we doing? We doing all right? Cool. 
Uh, Leonard Williams was officially tagged by the New York Giants. This is the second time tagging him, so they're going to be paying him $19 million a year. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that's, I just, I don't get that, man. He's worth $19 million, but not just a contract. Like, are you just expecting him to completely fall apart? I don't, I don't know what the thought process is. I mean, again, maybe he's just being completely unreasonable. He wants Khalil Mack money. I want $23 million, $24 million. You know, I want into the 20s, and the Giants are like, no, nah, dude, uh, maybe we could do like 18, 19 million, maybe pushing 20 ish if you want to go that route. I mean, I, that's the best we can do, and there's going to be a whole lot of contingencies and, you know, maybe low guarantees and whatever. I don't, we'll, we'll figure it out. And so when he doesn't agree, it's like, all right, 19, and hopefully we'll, we'll just do this and you can cool off. But that's so much money. But I guess I can see it from the Giants' standpoint because I do think they're building in the right direction. And that defensive line is like the strength of their team. And you, you just, you can't let the ba- the band fall apart. So maybe you just talk yourself into, we'll tag him this year, and then he'll come to his senses and we'll figure something out. But again, you talk yourself into these things, not always the best solution. Uh, Marcus Williams, safety out of New Orleans, was tagged. Don't know how the <laughs> Saints are able to slap $10.5 million on their cap right now, but they did it. And then obviously Dak Prescott um, signed the tag with the Dallas Cowboys. Some guys that were expected to be tagged but have not been or, or were not because you can't be tagged anymore. Aaron Jones, obviously, for the Green Bay Packers. Kenny Galladay, Chris Carson, Shaquille Griffin, cornerback out of Seattle. Hunter Henry, tight end at Los Angeles. The Chargers, I should say, and Jonu Smith, tight end at Tennessee. Apparently, according to Schefter and a bunch of other people, um, the Packers didn't tag him, but they are still working vigorously to re-sign him. And as much as I can say, I don't know how we can 100% know that, the answer is pretty obviously the the agent, right? Now, whether or not that's true or not, I, I don't really know. It may be a tactic by Rosenhaus to drive the price up. This is not coming from the Packers. The Packers are not telling anybody anything. This is coming from the agent or somebody at the agency. I don't, I don't know. So we don't know for sure. But we are getting a different message than you get elsewhere. It's not like every time somebody leaves, you just get this random message saying, well, but they're trying to re-sign them. I mean, they're hearing that from someone. Because a lot of other guys, like Kenny Galladay, didn't get tagged, and they follow that tweet up with, he'll be hitting free agency. In other words, they're getting information that the Lions are not reaching out, that the Lions have cut off communications and are saying, best of luck to you. So it's not 100% that they are continuing conversations. It is 100% that somebody is telling them that the Packers are still trying to sign him. Whether that's a reality, whether those are games, I don't know. By the way, these tag numbers, if I try to compare them to the -the over-the-cap number, which again is the only one I can find... Um, they're close, but all of them that I can see are about a million dollars less than these projections. And again, that's all they were at over the cap. They're projecting what the tag numbers would be. They were about a million dollars too high, meaning if that were to hold true at running back, the tag would be somewhere around $10 million. Now, I don't know. Again, a lot of people say an eight. Maybe it is eight. That would be pretty staggering because every other one is a million over. They would be uh, three million over on running back. In fact, even their transition tag, they have at 89 I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I was just curious going back to see how close they were on their projections. And they were, again, about a million dollars high. As far as are any of these guys potential targets, I mean, outside of Chris Carson, probably not. I guess you could add in Shaquille Griffin. I don't know what he would cost. But, um, you know, looking at the cornerback group and, and how much excitement is being generated, which is funny. I mean, you, you want to get a, a, the draft in a nutshell. And this is part of why it's fun. I mean, it's 
as soon as this draft is over, I'm in fact, I'm already starting to move on to 2022. I'm just not talking about it because people are going to get very mad at me because people are just that way. I mean, if you do mock drafts in like November, people are like, oh, mind your business. Mind your own business. You don't like mock drafts in November? No, I'm trying to watch football. You can't do two things at once? No. Am I bothering your existence? Leave, go away. Why, why are you mad? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But anyways, those people will come out and just flip out. They get mad if you talk about the draft prior to, like, January, February, probably. So you start talking about the draft, like, next year's draft in April? People lose it a little bit. But the point is, early on, this was an extremely stacked quarterback class. There were as many as five quarterbacks in the first round. Extremely stacked wide receiver group, which is still kind of the case, but it's fluctuated quite a bit. I mean, there were like eight first-round wide receivers at one point. That is not the case anymore. I mean, it, it could happen, but as of right now, as far as the consensus board, there's five. Rondale Moore has slipped out of the first round. Terrace Marshall is not in the first round. I'm trying to see who these other guys were that were in here at one point or another. I guess you had Amon Rapp poking his head in. Tylen Wallace spent some time in there. But the other thing that it was was a very, very weak cornerback class. I mean, it, it was a lot of things, but extremely weak at cornerback and linebacker. I mean, there was just nobody. But at cornerback, there was uh, Sertan and Sean Wade, and that was it. There was nothing else in the first round. Now you have Sertan, Farley, J.C. Horn. You've got Asante Samuel is currently still a second-round prospect, but is flying his way into the first round. Greg Newsom was a second-round prospect who was working very rapidly into the first round. Is probably on some boards already in the first round. Eric Stokes is working his way up. Uh, Tyson Campbell, Elijah Molden. I mean, people really like these guys a lot. Same with linebacker. There was Micah Parsons, who was like a top five talent, and nobody else. Well, now Micah Parsons is out of the top 10. But Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa has jumped up into the top 20s. Avon Collins has been in the first round for a while. Nick Bolton is hovering in that area, has been kind of that late first, early second for a long time. Jabril Cox is flying up the boards. So it, it changes a lot, and, and you can see that as a source of frustration, or you can just see that as a fun part of this whole this whole thing. I mean, Greg Newsom, as of um, December 28th, was ranked 383rd, <laughs> and then somebody discovered him, which is funny because a lot of these guys are good, just nobody's seen them yet. So they do these rankings, and they'll have like 500 prospects on there, but they've only watched like 20 of them. And then somebody watches Greg Newsom and says, dude, this guy's really good, and then kaboom. He jumps from uh, 300 and whatever to uh, 156 and has slowly climbed his way up to 46th, which is, I believe, the highest he's ever... It is. It's the highest he's been, and he's continuing to move up. About 3% of the time he shows up in first-round mocks as of right now, or boards or whatever. Anyways, we do need to take a quick break. We'll come back and try to ram through as much more news as we possibly can. There's a lot more going on. Thank you very much to El Paso Rugby for the five-star iTunes review. I greatly appreciate that, my man, or lady rugby player. Once again, if you wouldn't mind leaving a five-star iTunes review, that would be greatly appreciated. Just remember, my podcast is the one that says either Pack Daddy or Packernet Podcast. It does not just say Packernet. You can leave a five-star review if you like that Packernet thing that has a bunch of different podcasts on it. That's fine. Go for it. But I would appreciate it if you'd also leave a five-star iTunes review for mine while I try to figure out how to defunk the uh, the mess that apparently I've made over at iTunes. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Um, I do want to bring up 2022 a little bit, just because uh, Mr. J.J. Leahy kind of talked about it and seems very panicked. I haven't really looked at it. Um, just peeking at it, I guess it depends where you look and, and what you think the salary cap is going to be and all that. According to Over the Cap and Spot Track, they've got us at about $30 million in money next year. Now, it does have us as like the second worst cap situation, but I mean, $30 million isn't terrible. We obviously have some free agents to resign, but nothing overly serious. We've got Devontae and Jair. Obviously, these are big money guy. But if Devontae gets a extension this year, Jair could get an extension this year. I mean, I, even with those two guys, I'm looking at the rest of the list. Devin Funches, Josh Jackson, Lucas Patrick, uh, Kaveri Russell, Bronson, Kalfusi, Oren Burks, Dexter Williams, Anthony Rush, Isaac Nauta, Jawan Winfrey, Ben Braden, John Lovett, Chris Barnes, Henry Black, Dominique Daphne, MVS, J.K. Scott, Tipigalea, Willington Pavilion, Kebionento, Steph, uh, Stanford Samuels, Delonte Scott, Zach Johnson, Jake Hansen, Ray Willborn, Dejon Harris, Mike Weber, Ryan Winslow, Reggie Begleton, Equinemius St. Brown, and Hunter Bradley. So there's a couple guys we're probably going to want to keep that are going to cost money, but again, the expectation is that we have $30 million next year, so i I, I don't know. I, I Again, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at it. I took a note on Twitter to at least look at it because um, it sounded horrible. But if JJ would like to reach out and let me know what he's looking at, that would be great because I don't, I don't see a reason to panic. He also goes on to say we don't have any wide receivers under contract. Well, obviously, we're, I shouldn't say obviously, but I mean, we're going to extend Devontae. That's silly to think we wouldn't. So we're going to have Devontae, and then it's, you know, the question is, well, then who? Well, yeah, that's always, <laughs> it's always been the question. I'm assuming we're going to be drafting a wide receiver. We will probably be paying to keep Alan Lazard around. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying because I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm just not seeing much. Maybe it's because the, it, I mean, it, it vastly depends on what this salary cap is going to be. But for example, we have an, an article here. If you wouldn't mind getting out of my face here, please, these pop-up things. 2022 NFL salary cap likely to rise after new TV deals. The headline of this article, in fact, is NFL teams reportedly expect salary cap to soar in 2022. goes on to say the pandemic uh, cost them billions of dollars in lost revenue, hurt television ratings, sidelining countless players, coaches, fall off from the pandemic, significantly impact upcoming 2021 season, obviously, but there's, there's reason for optimism around the corner. 
coming off a year that saw networks lose millions of viewers in games played. Fortunately, even after an unprecedented year, things are looking up in football. I feel like they just said the same paragraph twice in a row, which is really annoying. After a horrible year, things have been bad, but things are looking up. Also, after a terrible year, things are looking bad, but they're looking up. <laughs> this is why I hate reading articles. Everything is a waste of my time. How do I take my 48 seconds of interesting content and turn it into like a five-minute read? Anyways, this comes from The Athletic's Lindsay Jones. Basically, she says the cap should boom after this year. And we've been expecting somewhat of a boom. And I know we still have to account for, you know, we, we spread the losses out over three years, but that's minus a very big number is kind of the point. But we, I guess, obviously, we don't know what the actual numbers are going to be. But even so, again, over the cap and Track seem to think that the salary cap is going to be around $210 million. That's their projection right now. The only two salary cap things that I'm aware of believe that. So we'll have to see. Um, again, he's not wrong that we have one of the worst cap situations. Uh, Dallas has taken that number one spot, probably thanks to Dak Prescott. Several other teams may be filling that in as they update a lot of these tags and whatnot. But it's worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, when you're at the bottom of the list, it's not a great thing because any big fluctuation, and yes, we can be in a lot of trouble depending on what the situation is. But even according to this, it says that our total liabilities are at about $178 million. So even if the cap stays at 180, we're still okay minus the free agents. But even if we pay Jair and, and uh, Devante, that puts us about as negative as we are this year. So that's the best I'm able to, to see of this. He also goes on to say that we're expecting to borrow more from the future. I don't know. Again, everybody's assuming that we're going to have Rodgers restructure his contract. I really don't think they want to do that. That doesn't mean they're not going to. I think they're going to try as best as they can to completely avoid that. That's why, you know, again, they may not, but that's why cutting a guy like Preston makes a lot more sense than restructuring Aaron Rodgers. You cut Preston Smith, you take the hit now, and you get all the benefit next year. We owe him $0 next year. You restructure Aaron Rodgers, it helps us now, hurts us later. I like the things where it helps us now and helps us even more later. Those are the things that I like. But we got to see. I don't know. It's a long way off. I just, when he said that, I was like, I got to save that and check that out tomorrow. Um, as of right now, as far as I can see, no reason to panic. But again, you don't like being at the bottom of that list either way. And yes, again, none of this is in order, but I'm just going as I, as I saved them. Kenny Galladay leaving Detroit means that team is... <sighs> I'm going to look into it. I'm going to see if I can find a team that I think is a worse football team. And we probably have to wait until the dust settles with free agency and the draft to kind of reassess, because obviously the Jets are a joke, and a lot of these teams are, are a massive joke. But I'm serious, man. I, I'm, I'm struggling to... Uh, I work with a guy that's a Lions fan, and uh, when Kenny Galladay left, he said, oh, I got to get a new jersey. I said, what, what jersey could you possibly buy? Think about it from that perspective. If you're a Lions fan, what jersey are you going to buy? He made a joke that it would be the, the, their Pro Bowl punter, which kind of makes sense. He is very good, but I mean, yikes. You don't have a quarterback. You, you, you don't have anything. And, and keep in mind, Kenny Galladay is not the only wide receiver that left. So it's not like, well, we'll just go to our next guy. No, dude. Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, Muhammad Sanu, and Marvin Jones, all four of them are free agents. Maybe somebody's going to get signed. I don't know. But if, if they don't re-sign any of them, and I, ass, I assume they have to re-sign somebody, the only guys they have that were not on the practice squad Quintez Cephas from the Badgers and Geronimo Allison. That's their wide receiver group, their entire wide receiver group. They can't go three wide unless they bring somebody up from the practice squad. I mean, not physically because nobody's in the practice squad right now, but from last year's practice squad, Tom Kennedy or Victor Bolden. That's who Jared Goff has to throw to outside of Je uh, TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. A lot of two tight end sets, I'm guessing. By the way, Adrian Peterson is also probably gone. 
Not that he's the greatest running back in the world, but he certainly did help on occasion. Romeo Quara and Everson Griffin seemingly are gone. They're not paying them, so they, they don't have hardly anybody on the edge anymore. They still got Trey, Trey Flowers, whatever that's worth. And what, Austin Bryant? Julian Okwara, who I think is Romeo's brother, I don't know. I mean, gee, I just, it's just, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Desmond Trufant, they cut. He's not, he wasn't even a free agent. They just cut him. He had one year left on his contract. They're like, ah, we don't want to pay you. It's one guy that should still be there. They've got Daryl Roberts, Tony McRae, Jamal Agnew, Mike Ford. Four of those guys are, all four of those guys are free agents right now. They have Jeff Okuda, Justin Coleman, Amani Aruarie, and Desmond Trufant are still on the roster. They cut one of those guys. So as of right now, unless they resign some of them, they have Amani Aruarie, Jeff Okuda, and Justin Coleman. Which, by the way, I'm so glad I saw this because that was another thing I think JJ asked, who's got the best name in football or whatever. Amani Aruarie has been one of my favorites. I was like, there's always that one guy that I always said in a weird way. I think there's a couple of them. But Amani Aruarie, I love saying it, man. I love it. I'm going to bring it back. It's just, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. It's great. I mean, I I don't know. We have a hard time with the Lions, but I just don't know what they're going to do. But to be fair, I think the Lions are doing a better job than the Bears because they're doing what they have to do. They're gutting this team, and they're going to rebuild it from the ground up. And if John Dorsey can do John Dorsey things, they're going to start adding some talent. And that kind of sucks. But at least in 2021, we can all revel in the fact that they're going to be an absolute joke. And as, as expected, Miami wants Galladay because Miami wants everybody. Uh, the Browns released Adrian Claiborne, so they got worse. Do we want Adrian Claiborne? No, we don't. Uh, the Buccaneers are also working on a long-term deal with Shaquille Barrett. Also another thing that was somewhat expected, but it's, it's another one of those things where it's like, I don't know if you can necessarily afford it. I kind of hope you can't so that he leaves. But at the same time, I don't know where all this money is going to come from because they're talking about we're going to keep both of these running backs. We're going to keep the... You know, Shaquille Barrett, we're going to keep our wide receivers. We're going to, it's like, at some point, you can't keep everybody. Uh, we got the Vikings cut Dan Bailey. I'm guessing Vikings fans aren't upset about it, but it makes me chuckle a little bit. Because, I mean, it's, it's, I know you're frustrated with the guy, but you know it's going to get worse. And not only that, you're probably going to draft a kicker, which is just, I don't know, man. I think it's funny. So the kicking problems continue in the NFC North, talking primarily about Bears Vikings. And uh, that makes me laugh, and I appreciate it. Granted, as a Packer fan, I can't really talk about special teams, but I will because it's still funny. At least we have a kicker. <laughs> it's the one thing we got on special teams, so eat a pile of sand. Um, some other news, some Packers news via Rich Ryman PG, whoever that is, but shout out. Packers hold ticket prices for 2021 season. You might think that's obvious, but it wasn't to Buffalo and Tampa. Packers planning for full stadium. Just hearing that gets me excited, and there's just a picture of just people just on top of each other gets me so jacked so yeah apparently they were not planning on raising ticket prices are just hoping to cram as many people in there as is humanly possible again a lot of good news out there heading in the right direction and the nfl is i'm not saying that they know because they don't but they're planning on it they're not looking at it going oh that's not going to happen so forget it who cares feeling good in the neighborhood the titans have released malcolm butler so you can add that to your list of possible needs wants Again, I believe strongly the Packers will be getting a cornerback in this draft, but as I said before with the Rashawn Gary thing, when it's a really big need and you feel like you can't even field a team, it's it's possible that they go out and get somebody in free agency and draft somebody because you don't know that you're going to draft somebody. You never, ever, ever, as much as people refuse to accept this, you never go into the draft saying we will get this player or this position. It's physically impossible. You can't. You don't know who's available. And if you also have a rule 
that says we are not going to reach on prospect, you know, I mean, in, in a massive way, at least, then there's just there's no way that you can guarantee anything. And I've seen that several just doing mock draft, set up some parameters that, you know, you've, you've got seven picks, which is not necessarily true, but that's what the simulators have because they don't have uh, the comp picks or anything. But you, you generally get roughly seven picks. And a lot of times you come up on your pick and you're like, do we really need a cornerback? It's in the third round. We haven't done it yet because we took a tackle and we took a linebacker and we feel pretty good about that or whatever. It's like we need a wide receiver and we need a corner really badly. And it comes up and it's like running back, running back, guard, safety, safety, quarterback. And if you set up a rule that says I'm not going to reach beyond 10 players or whatever, you might not have a prospect. And I had it in my in my mock that's coming up. I've done a couple seven-round mocks. The Packers mock is coming up Friday on my YouTube channel, Pack Daddy NFL. Um, I think it was with the Packers, but a couple of other videos. But it's like, I'm just going to trade back because I think that guy's going to be there. And he just goes. So, I mean, it's like, well, we'll just trade back and then we'll get that prospect. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they're gone. I don't know. Um, Hassan Reddick is going to be released by the card. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's not correct. He is a free agent that was not tagged. And it's starting to look like he's going to walk. And again, this is where the J.J. Watt thing doesn't make any sense to me. Hassan Reddick had 12.5 sacks and 16 hits. You brought in J.J. Watt, who had like two tackles on the season. He's 900 years old. He's injured every second. A whole pile of hyperbole there, but just, you know, let's just trudge ahead. I just, I don't, I don't understand what we're doing. Are you getting better as a, did you even get better? You paid J.J. Watt stupid money, and I don't think you got better. That's unbelievable that you would do that. I just, I don't get it. You lost Hassan. I mean, and I'm not, Hassan Ruddick is not an elite football player, but he gets to the quarterback. You just lost, even if that's a, a bit of a fluke. Okay, you lost eight sacks. If JJ Watt gets eight sacks, which is a big if, you broke even. That just that sucks, man. I just I I don't get that at all. And I'm not bitter. I don't you know. Okay, the Packers aren't going to fine. Go somewhere else. I, I'll give you a list of five teams that make sense. I literally did that. Cardinals are not on that list. It just, it's so dumb. Um, but anyways, we'll end it with a note from Tom Silverstein. He says, don't forget the Packers and Drew Rosenhaus went through this dance in 2014 with cornerback Sam Shields. Ted Thompson decided not to use the franchise or restricted tag on Shields. Three days before free agency began, he signed him to a four-year, $39 million deal. Stay tuned with Jones. Now this one's still, I just... I, I can't say I don't get it because it's it's he's a great football player. And I know the Packers like to retain guys that are great football players, but it just it feels like it goes against everything the Packers do. Aaron Jones does not fit the profile of what the Packers want in a running back. It, they don't fit the profile of what Brian Gutekunst wants, what, what Mike McCarthy wanted, what Matt LaFleur wants. They want bigger guys. He's a smaller guy that plays a limited role. And and look, I get it from a standpoint of he plays a great role. And with A.J. Dillon and, and whoever else we end up having, I don't know who else is staying, he doesn't have to carry 20 times a game. You can keep him at 12, 13, 14 carries a game and get a ton of production out of him, as well as his receiving ability and blocking ability and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's kind of the point, though. I mean, you don't pay running backs is is one thing. You definitely, 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 definitely don't pay rotational number two running backs. And if he's not that, then A.J. Dillon is a massive question mark in my mind. It just it just feels fake to me. Like, they did what they needed to do. They're, they're, they look brilliant by letting Aaron Jones walk. He's a smaller guy that's got some injury issues. He's at the peak of his career. It's going to start trending downward at any moment. 
I'm sure he's got a little bit left in the tank, but he's not worth that amount of money. And we planned for this. We got a guy, and he looks extremely talented, and he fits the mold perfectly. And he's a big Derrick Henry type guy, and everything is just everything just makes sense. But there's this constant lingering. We're going to keep Aaron Jones. We're going to keep Aaron Jones. We're going to pay Aaron Jones. What are you talking about? Pay him what? I don't want to say pay him why, but I don't. I don't know what's going on. It just it's the one I cannot wrap my head around this. And and maybe none of this is true. Again, maybe this is all Drew Rosenhaus playing game. I don't know. We were told many, many months ago, uh, prior to this agent being fired, the, the prior agent being fired, that the Packers had walked away from the table. Now, again, if this is a lot of agent talk, you had the previous agent saying the Packers have walked away from the table, he gets fired, Rosenhaus gets hired, and all of a sudden the Packers come rushing back to the table. And they're throwing all kinds of money at him. They're offering him $12.5 million. Oh, wait, they're offering him $9 million. Oh, they're, they're going to tag. Oh, they're, they're not going to tag. Uh, there's all these things they're going to do, and then nothing's happened. As far as movement from the Packers that we've seen, we've seen nothing. The, the, the Packers were considering tagging him. The tag came and went, and uh, our GM is, is off scouting players right now. He's going to pro days. He's out and about. That's not to say he can't pick up a phone and work some business from his hotel room. But I just, I just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't make it make sense. Other than, well, of course, he's a good football player and we want him. I know that. But it doesn't fit any of the criteria of things that I would expect from the Packers or just from an NFL team in general. So, I mean, I can't deny that everybody, every source out there is saying that the Packers are trying very hard to pay Aaron Jones. But it also doesn't make sense. And I can't shake the feeling that it's all fake that Drew is pumping the media full of this, that the Packers are desperately trying to keep him to make sure that everybody knows he is a really hot commodity so that when free agency opens up, it's just, you know, the floodgates are open and teams come flying in. They're calling, blowing up Drew's phone left and right, which we are a week away from, uh, is it free agency or the tampering period? I think we're a week away from free agency. If I had to guess, I'd say that's what's going on. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe they're going to pay him. It just doesn't feel like it to me. The Packers seem to be doing everything they can to free up money. Seems to me they're going to be letting a lot of guys go, and they're going to try their best to rebuild um, through the draft. Again, not to say that free agency isn't going to be some kind of an option, maybe like a cheap guy here and there, a $3 million running back. I don't know. I just can't imagine dropping nine, 10 million bucks on Aaron Jones. Again, nothing to do with the fact that I don't like him. I would love nothing more than to keep Aaron Jones unbelievably good football player, unbelievably good human being, has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I don't understand it. I don't understand the purpose. We don't need him. Are we better with him? Yes, but that's not the question. We'd be better with Kenny Galladay, too. Should we just pay him? Of course not. That's silly. We can't afford that. You don't pay two number one wide receivers. Don't have the money. Packers don't do that. It doesn't fit. But that's the same kind of thing where it's like if you start hearing rumors that the Packers are reaching out to Kenny Galladay where it just sends off all these red flags, like, are they, though? Because that doesn't seem right. I don't think they would do that. Kenny Galladay wants more money than Devontae's getting right now. I'm sure he's not getting more money than Devontae's about to get paid. But I just that, that wouldn't make sense. And so I would have to assume that those reports are fake. Similar to these reports coming from somebody that is not the Packers. Hmm, who could it be? The agent. Does the agent have any reason to lie that the Packers are very interested? Yes, because it makes his agent, his, his client more valuable. If you're just hearing crickets, Right? The Packers are just going to let this guy walk right out the door, and there's crickets. You know, it's, I don't know that it moves the needle much. Teams make their own decisions. They're grown up. But it, it still, it doesn't, it doesn't generate that hype. There's a psychology to this. And you got the best agent in football who understands everything about the psychology of it. And letting your guy hit the market with hearing, like Chris Carson. 
you think anybody's interested in Chris? I mean, it, people are interested, but it's not even on the same level as Aaron Jones. And it's not just because of the play. People forgot the guy was even a free agent. Nobody's even thinking about Chris Carson. And there was never any, if, if there was talk about the, the Seahawks desperately trying to keep him, I didn't hear about it. But you get this impression that Aaron Jones is, Miami really wants him. This team really wants him. The Packers really want, they're trying as hard as they can to keep him. How do we know any of this is true? We don't. I'm sure there's plenty of interest. I'm sure he's going to get paid, and that's awesome. But I don't think anybody's really saying this outside of the agent. Again, who, who from the Miami Dolphins is going to call Ian Rappaport and say, just wanted to let you know, we're really going to try to get Aaron Jones? If anybody did that and the team found out, he'd be fired that day, that second. If I worked for the Miami Dolphins and I started texting Ian Rappaport and the Dolphins organization found out, I'd be fired. That's not to say it doesn't happen. Leaks happen. Especially if Ian's throwing a little money under the table or I don't know how he works that all out. And teams leak information to try to manipulate things. But this doesn't work in their favor. This works against them because it creates a a flurry. If anything, you want to keep things quiet. If you're a team and you're targeting somebody, you don't want there to be any noise or any commotion. You want to just kind of slide over there. Like, hey, man, you want to come play for it? Yeah, I do that. Shh, keep your voice down. Jaguars are looking over here. Shut up, dude. You want to come play or not? Then get in the car. Guy, these kids, kids these days are big mouths. You're not going to go blasting it all over. We want Aaron Jones. Everybody, we're going to offer lots of money to Aaron Jones. Hope you don't compete with us. Not going to happen. Drew Rosenhaus wants that to happen. He wants the price to go through the roof. So I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just wrong. And maybe they, they view him as just an absolutely pivotal piece that we can't continue on without. But it just it complicates so many things that I don't understand. But I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic, wonderful, probably Wednesday. I feel like we're in that range. Wednesday-ish. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>